0: You have to clap before for every time. No, that, that that's 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 only at the end of the fringe. Yes, at the end of the fringe. What just happened? No, that's the middle of the fringe. You have the end of the fringe. You have the show. Then you have the end of the beginning of the fringe. Then the end of the fringe.
1: No, that's not how it works at
0: all. It is now. <laughs>
1: This be Control Structure, episode 135, for October 11th, 2017. This show has notes. Visit thenexus.tv slash cs135 to be seeing them with your peepers. I be old Bailey, and I'm proud to present the return of the Orifice. Hello, Andrew. Hi, Steve. How have you been? Um, you sound very clear today.
0: It's, I, I am very clear today. It's almost as if you're sitting right next to I me. I know these holographic projectors are getting better and better now. Yes. you need to do sound now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, lots of stuff has happened in the three weeks or so. Something like three weeks. Yeah. I feel like it, it was one of, the, one of the weeks in there someplace. Yeah. So, um, guess who has 64 gigabytes of RAM? I'm guessing you since you're asking <laughs> yes in your server or in your desk um right below us here okay so this is for so you can run uh, about 10 Vms at the same time let's uh, see perhaps you see task manager and 64 gigs very very nice is that maxing your motherboard out then I take it um far as I know it does okay till they come up with a patch or something
1: maybe but <laughs> I mean it took me like a total of seven hundred dollars to get all of this yeah <laughs> so i'm maybe questioning that a little bit but um i heard that ram prices are going to keep going up so for you a while stock
0: up on it when you can yes
1: so uh i think with this i'm good for maybe about 10 years or 20 uh, i mean depends on how fast a single thread performance increases sure so um if the past is anything to judge by i'll probably have this running as my main rig for about six years mm-hmm. or seven or how how long i uh, waited to upgrade the sandy bridge so um yeah and then i'll probably have that downstairs for another six
0: years <laughs> get get the, a good life out of it yes
1: so um uh, along with that, uh, speaking of, uh, my server downstairs, I also got a UPS for that downstairs. So, um, yeah, now if the power blinks out for, like, 15 seconds, it'll still stay on. And then it goes off. Um, actually, I, according to the monitor program, it'll probably stay on
0: for, like, two hours. Two hours? That's pretty good, actually. Yeah. So, um. I'm used to like the five minutes or something most of the time. Of course, that's with like a monitor and a few things like that.
1: Yeah. Um, so like right now it's just, you know, the system, you know, downstairs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right now it's, uh, has about 5% load. Uh, time left 129 and a half minutes. <laughs> if it were just a out.
0: That's pretty nice. So, um,
1: yeah, so. Uh, then I decided to, uh, plug up the USB, so now, you know, it can have, you know, the computer can monitor its own battery, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and, you know, I was sort of leery about doing this. I mean, maybe that US that thing that looks like a USB port is not really a USB port, and if I plug it into, Mm -hmm. and if I plug it into my motherboard, it'll shoot 120 volts through it. (laughs) Um, but, um... As you can see, the andrewbailey.com is still on, so that didn't happen. That's good. So, you know, I wanted to do it downstairs with that machine because I figured if that machine were to blow up, it would not be as expensive.
0: Nope.
1: <laughs> so then that gave me the confidence to do it up here, and now my desktop has a battery meter. Very nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, then uh, let's see uh let's see about the same time as far as other things i went to my first block party block party yes is that like your neighbors yeah it's okay. where it's where like they barricade off the streets and like have a party in the street
0: Oh, so that's one of those things where you like a try, neighborhood your GPS is following directions and then suddenly it comes to the street and it's like road closed and you're like, oh, okay, I'll go right to the next street and then you your GPS is like turn right and it's like road closed and you go into the next street and then your GPS is like turn right and it's like road closed and it's just so annoying to pass you. Anyways, what are those. So it's where a neighborhood block decides to have
1: a party in the street. So um let's see yeah see, oh, yeah, and then that day I you know it, since it was a Saturday, I you know did my bike riding, mm-hmm. I came back, and that was you know, I fired up the grill, and it was just then that like my shipment of soup came, shipment of soup, from yeah Amazon, yes. Walmart. okay, yeah. so uh like there's these huge giant cans of like fifty ounce fifty ounces of cream soup.
0: That be the number ten cans. I don't know what fifty ounces is.
1: I'm not sure okay. what number that is, but it's fifty ounces. And uh, Amazon had like a pack of twelve of those for like less than a hundred bucks. There you go. So
0: I bought those so I can like have all my casserole. Oh, because your casserole, your tater tot. Yes, tater tot casserole takes the cream. Yes, cream soup. Okay. Um, but
1: unfortunately that came too late to include it in that batch of uh, casserole that I was making up then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, I also threw on some steak, which we uh, just had. Um, so, and then, yeah, later on, I think it was like five o'clock that Saturday. Uh, you know, I made a few trips over because like the huge bowls of casserole. Okay. And it was the, uh, Cajun, uh, flavored casserole. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let's see, like, it, you know, I was over there for, like, maybe two hours or so. Like, one bowl had, you know, been, you know, scraped clean almost. Oh, no, so they must have liked it. So, but the other bowl was, like, still there. Okay. And, like, it wasn't too long after that that the guy is like, okay, you know, go ahead and take all the leftovers you want. And within, like, half an hour, the second bowl was gone.
0: And they must well, have all liked well, it. The, Excuse me, the contents, the contents of that. Yeah, of that I second thought about bowl. them for just a second. There I was like, was the whole bowl got? Did they take your bowl too? I yeah, think? yeah. Like, I still
1: have the actual bowls. That was
0: nice of them to leave the bowl.
1: Yes. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that that uh, seemed to be a quite a hit. Like people were coming up and like, I remember one guy came up and asked. He was like, "Is this yours?" It's like, "Yeah." It's like, "Dude, it's great." <laughs> And then, like, everyone like I was talking to, mm-hmm. I asked, did you have any of that casserole, like the tater tots? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I did. It was kind of good. I was like, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You're just fishing for compliments.
1: <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that was a little fun. So then, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Then it's kind of been a wild weather ride since then. So uh, then last week, uh, my... Let's see, my technical project manager, like the guy on the org chart above me. Okay. Uh, uh, and like another team member came out from Kansas City uh, last week uh, to work, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, we had Pramani. And then, uh, he, let's see, that was like the one night. Uh, no, No, that was like during, that was lunch during the day. Uh, but, uh, like the evening before, like the first night they were here, uh, my, uh, see, uh, Jeanette, my, uh, former boss, uh, she had this crazy idea of like having a, like team building activity, axe throwing.
0: (laughs) Okay. I mean, I have a throwing hawk and and do that different times. I just thought there was an interesting office with software developers, team building experience. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm not sure if it
0: was like. An official team building experience, or just like an activity? So was it like a like a trust building thing where someone holds the target and someone throws the axe? Uh, no, it was kind of. I want to say
1: sort. Of, it would kind of like be a, like a shooting range or something. Okay, but like imagine like uh, like a barn, uh, like uh, horse stalls mm-hmm. or something. It kind of looked like that. Okay, so uh, like there was like maybe about ten stalls or so, and they had like two targets uh, in each of them. So like we pretty much paired up or something, but like they controlled is like who who goes against who and mm-hmm. stuff. So uh, yeah, axe throwing. You know, like literally putting the axe <laughs> over your head and throwing them
0: forward. Well, there you go. So did you get it to stick? Um, some of the time. Some of the time. Yeah. A, a disturbingly uh, low amount of the time. <laughs> yeah, I, tomahawk throwing. I don't think was quite as so well as the movies make it out to be
1: so uh like we like usually like for a round or for a pairing uh, we did like three rounds of five and I must have done like maybe five or six of those so out of like a hundred throws I got it to stick maybe 30 times <laughs>
0: okay that's not too bad then so it's hard to stick them I got a bullseye like two or three times so that that was nice. So, what was the person that did the best? What were they doing?
1: Um, they, uh, I'm not sure because it was actually my uh my manager, my Steve. project manager, not not Steve, yeah. uh, uh, Kansas Chris. Okay, Kansas. And Chris. and hi to all my listeners and out in the Kansas City metro area. Um, so eventually he he just like did it one handed, and he was getting it. Hi, see. Like, he was getting bullseyes with that, and, like, I'm not sure, like, if, the, if axe throwing is, like, a habit of his, <laughs> or something. to keep he practice beforehand. So, uh, yeah. And then, like, the second night, both him and the other team member, they wanted to call it, a, like, an early night, mm-hmm. so we just, like, walked around Mount Lebanon. Uh, so, like, there's, a there's, like, a hotel up there in Mount Lebanon, like, right on 19, and, uh... So, I'm like, hey, won't we go over to uh, Rollers and see the, uh, the triggers? So, like the, uh, the grills? Oh,
0: those grills? Yeah. So, the company that makes those grills is local then?
1: Um, they sell local.
0: Oh, okay. Like, like extremely local, as in like three blocks up from the office. Okay, that's kind of fun. The software you make is uh, connections to around that area. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, although connections to areas I've been, they're
1: headquartered in Salt Lake City. And, like, that's where I went to college. And where Utah
0: Chris lives?
1: Um. He lived. Well, let's see. Aside from college, he didn't actually live in Salt Lake. Uh, he lived, like, further south, like, yeah, way you south. Granted, the poor
0: guy, Utah Chris.
1: Well, he he lived in Utah for a long time, but Utah is a huge place, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, granted, you know, there's Salt Lake, and if he actually was from Salt Lake, he might have been Salt Lake Chris. Um. But yeah like he actually- he actually like grew up down in the, the Cedar City, which is most of the way down to Vegas, like way down towards like the south edge okay. so uh anyways, uh, yeah, let's see, I forget what I was in there for, uh like way, way back when we first started uh working for trigger that I'm like, wait, isn't like these grills what we're uh you know the company we're working on, <laughs> so um, and I'm not sure if I've mentioned it on this podcast, but back when my brother came over, mm-hmm. um, so my parents came over as well. Yeah. It was like the day he first moved in that, uh, we needed to like get keys duplicated. So we went to rollers to, you know, do that. And, uh, you know, so, you know, we were just, you know, hanging out around the grills and, uh, some couple came in and I guess they asked me cause I was like standing closest to the grills. And it was like, yeah, I actually, like, do the website for these people. <laughs> so I may have actually sold one. <laughs> huh. That's funny. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, um, yeah, where where was I? Uh, oh, yeah, the, uh, the guy's coming over. So, yeah, we just walked around Mount Leb. Uh, and then now, uh, this week, was it not project managers, but, like, the account manager, uh, like... See, like some other, like uh, business analysts, those kinds of people. Uh, like, there's four of those okay. guys out from uh, Kansas City now.
0: Or they just here for a visit and then going back. Or...
1: Um, kind of like they're all annoying Steve right now. So, so uh, yeah, we're we're thankful that they're kind of distracting him and letting us do our work. Ha. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's fun. Uh, so, let's see, well. I'll take that back. Three of them for are from the Kansas City area. The other one is, like, from, like, Cincinnati. Oh, okay. So he actually drove here. So anyways, um, yeah, uh, let's see. And then in the meantime, I've uh, played through uh, StarCraft Remastered. So this is, like, the first game that Blizzard has decided uh, to, like, redo a little bit. Like, redo the art and stuff. But, like, make it look... As close as possible to the original, but like, okay, pretty much up the resolution and lighting quality. It's just making it, it look better. It it is functionally identical. Like, uh, for instance, you command a group of units to go to the other corner of the map; they might totally go off in another direction uh, or get stuck on something, <laughs> just like the good old days.
0: So, did they uh, pull from the same code base, or did they clone from it? From what I heard, they did. Oh, nice. So they just slapped a new UI on top.
1: Pretty much. And, like, replaced, you know, like, the unit art and stuff. And, uh, like, the backgrounds, uh, as you can see, like, I actually put that as my Mm -hmm. wallpaper, uh, are pretty good, especially for a game that was originally released in the 90s. (laughs) So, uh, good thing for them. So, um, speaking of, uh, like, lots of RAM and expensive toys... Um do you want a Tesla Model S uh but can't afford a more than $65,000 car? Um how about a lot of work and $6500? Because that's what someone actually did. Uh so apparently this guy I think works at a junkyard uh, like he has this YouTube channel and Patreon and stuff and I think he might be from Boston but uh Like, apparently, he found a Tesla that was flooded out. So, like, all the stuff inside was practically trashed, Mm -hmm. but the body was still good. And then he had another Tesla that was wrecked. So, uh, like, he was able to salvage all the parts and, you know, move the good parts from the wrecked car into the flooded car that uh, hadn't, like, no good insights into it. So... Like, he uh, sold some of the parts, you know, some spare parts and whatnot, and he eventually got it going.
0: Which is pretty neat, and uh, I was thinking about it, there probably most people that have that car wouldn't really be uh, so much into uh, buying a junk one and then kind of fixing it up from it, so he he, he did that.
1: Yeah, he encountered a whole lot of trouble with it, too, uh, because I think one of those cars was insured by Progressive, and apparently... Mm -hmm when progressive writes off a car like they do it in such a way that like you know it's like this car is done for it huh. is never coming back and when he went to uh like get it uh, registered and inspected apparently they have that there as well um <clears throat> that they needed to have like certain sign off mm-hmm. saying yeah this car was totaled but this guy fixed it back up so you can run it again yes so um he had a little bit of trouble with that and then um apparently up until like last week or so or last weekend uh he was riding it fine and like the last uh uh youtube video i saw was it breaking down and having to get towed back to his house
0: so so, so not not quite so far what has been cracked up to be, but but it's a pretty it, but it's a you know a fashionable
1: electric car mm-hmm. for like you know seven thousand bucks <laughs>
0: Have you ever used c- cleaner i have used uh, that program before uh from way back when i remember remember using it on oh it would be windows 98 or something like that you just clean out all of the all of the, the extra junk on the computer back when i had a 20 gigabyte hard drive <laughs> it was filling up pretty pretty good and so i was like well how can we get rid of all this stuff so you run CCleaner cleaner and uh, clean things out
1: yes and uh as Buckface. uh annoyingly said once i hate it when people call it cc cleaner hey that's that's the way i've always pronounced it so (laughs) but let's 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 pronounce it a completely different way cleaner so um apparently it gave you something else to clean out like malware so um for was it for like a few weeks like maybe like two weeks or so like, a download of that was completely corrupted and bad. And, like, who knows how many people have, uh, like, downloaded it. But, yeah, uh, they have serious problems now.
0: The, unless their software over the years has gotten a little more... I don't know. It, I guess it's kind of always been that way. But it just the, the download model and kind of push you to get the new downloads and updates. When the software at the core... I don't know that there's really that much of a change that happens when... You download updates I notice they push updates Like all the time And I'm just lately I'm like I don't even want To update anymore Because it's like What do you do You empty my trash can (laughs) Do you really need updates Well it's compatible With a new version Of Recycle
1: Bin (laughs) Uh, Uh,
0: It's like updating The garbage truck
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah um, Something we don't Have anymore so um, hey, or, yes, <laughs> yeah. You remember standing by for the garbage? Collection? Stand
0: by for the garbage truck. Beep, beep, <laughs> beep, beep. Okay, we're good now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> or no, uh, was it uh, garbage collection? Yeah, garbage collection. Yep. So yeah, got gotta spend time for the garbage collector. <laughs> so, uh, are you familiar with the options HTTP method? Mm, nope. What is it? It's, it's one of the more obscure ones that essentially... Uh, let's see. Uh, asking which other HTTP methods a resource or server supports. Uh, and the server answers with the allow header and gives a comma-separated list of the supported methods. Uh, apparently, Apache in certain configurations would leak memory with this. So uh, this is not as devastating as, say, Heartbleed. Um, because you would purposefully have to break it by, uh, giving it HTTP methods, or was it setting permissions for HTTP methods that don't exist? I think that's what it was, uh, what it was for. Because this is, this has been a while back. This is like one of the first articles in this podcast, so it's been around for a while. Um, yeah, this bug appears if a webmaster tries to use the limit directive with an invalid HTTP method. Uh, So, you know, due to its nature, the bug does not appear, you know, deterministically with probably a uh, default build or install of Apache. It only appears, seems to appear on busy servers at that. Hmm. Uh, Sometimes it only appears after multiple requests. So, you know, this is, you know, kind of a very specific, kind of obscure bug. But, uh, yeah, if you run Apache, take note of it.
0: So really, it's only affected messed up your mission file, it yeah. sounds like.
1: Uh, but have you updated your DNS mask? DNS mask. Do tell. Um, so apparently Google has discovered and revealed several, like, seven or so vulnerabilities in, like, the DNS uh, library that's used on Linux systems. Like, pretty much every Linux system, Linux install has DNS mask for, you know, like, DNS services and stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Um yeah this this includes you know things like you know heap based overflows and uh like remote uh code execution vulnerabilities uh you know stuff that uh, is quite bad and stuff that generally happens on windows <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so um this kind of put me into a little bit of a panic because I haven't updated my router in a while so I made sure to do that you know, I observed International Backup Awareness Day for my router mm-hmm. and, uh, like, did, you know, a little update, and thankfully it held the configuration. So, uh, yeah, I'm good there, and, of course, you know, update my server as well. The server was the easy part. Uh, Just run updating. Yeah, because you can do it remotely, and, you know, if you updated it, you know, it's, it's generally still there. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, if you're, you know, logged into your server and trying to configure the router that is attached to the server, the one that you are connecting to, and something goes complete, you are kind of sold out of luck until you get back on site. <sighs> Anyways, uh, several thousand Chrome users, like 37,000, uh, have accidentally downloaded an Adblock, Adblock Plus extension that was totally fake and bad. Oh, wow. So it seems like this uh, Swift on security was uh, monitoring this or discovered this and started tweeting at Google uh, to, you know, take this down. And, uh, yeah, thankfully, you know, like not a lot of, you know, how should I say this? On the scale of Adblock Plus, not a whole lot of people
0: fell for it. 37,000 people is a lot of people. Yeah, it's
1: still like an unacceptable amount but kind of a drop in the bucket compared to like the million or so users that Adblock Plus has. Um, so yeah, it says the fake extension was created by a fraudulent developer who clones popular names and spams keywords. Indeed, it's pretty hard to tell that it's fake since the developer's name is Adblock Plus <laughs> and has a considerable number of reviews. According to one of the fake, reviewers, uh, fake Adblock's reviewers, he started getting invasive ads that opened a lot of tabs after he installed it. <laughs> So, Hmm. yeah. Opposite of the intended effect. Uh, So, speaking of browsers with extensions, Firefox. Firefox 56 uh, has been recently released, and it it, it will be the last of the mainstream releases, not counting ESRs, that will run legacy extensions.
0: So the next one, they're going to be turning on the threading and all that? um, Well,
1: technically, 56 already has all of that, but the next one is going to run all web extensions. So if you still have legacy extensions hanging around, like they won't work anymore mm-hmm. come November. Um, so the future is fast and it's mu- it's moving to GPUs. Uh, so uh, like another sort of technical blog post that has those XKCD-ish cartoons uh, that explains essentially uh, how... Firefox is going to break up all the work. And eventually, uh, you know, it says, you know, it's going to break off the compositing and uh, even the painting process of rendering a web page because, you know, you know even for animations, that, you know, kicks in those subsystems. Uh, and essentially moving the grunt work over to the GPU. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, since, uh, like, you have, you know, essentially you know, windows, you know, and like how the window is smaller than like mm-hmm. the web page and you need to scroll through it, you know, how you essentially create a huge, big web page in the back end and then you just like scroll. Just
0: displaying a bit.
1: Yeah, only displaying a little bit part of that. So it's like really fast mm-hmm. uh, with the, you know, obvious caveat that it uses a whole lot of memory uh, because, you know, that page has been rendered in memory. You're just seeing a just a little slice of it at a time. Um, but fortunately, GPUs are pretty good at, uh, doing that. <clears throat> so, you know, goes into, you know, the optimizations that they're doing for that. And, uh, yeah,
0: really looking forward to this. That's pretty neat that they're plugging in closer to the hardware. So is that something that I wonder that Google's kind of got with Chrome or Firefox is kind of front edge? Uh,
1: it seems like it's on, on the edge for this, um, because, like, they were really touting their uh, Servo CSS engine, uh, the multi-threaded CSS, uh, how was it, like, the CSS object model processor or something that's, you know, like, the hard part of, like, going through the entire DOM of a page, you know, the object model of a page, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, assigning uh, styles to that. So, like, they were, like, really, you know, pushing that. And, uh, like, another post I remember, they were talking about how, uh, Firefox breaks up the uh, the work between processes and how like it's more of a granular per uh, per tab kind of model versus Chrome, which is a per domain kind of model. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a whole bunch of tabs open for a single site, it'll slow down because it's all the same domain. Yeah, it's all in the same domain, thus all in the same thread or process or what have you. I feel like I remember talking about that once on a podcast. Yeah. So yeah. Anyways, uh, hey, the future is already here. Uh, Java SE 9 has been released. Uh, So, you know, this is, you know, obviously an update from Java 8. Uh, But uh, to note that this will not be an automatic update. Uh, You will have to go out and get it yourself. The automatic updater uh, will not automatically update you to Java 9. Um, I guess maybe for some backwards compatibility issues. So is there uh, anything neat in the API that was added? Uh, Like, the big thing is Project Jigsaw, uh, which is, like, more of a modular uh, way of declaring what you're using uh, in your uh, Java project. Modular.
0: So kind of like NuGet packages equivalent? Kind of, yeah. That's good. I'm surprised that they didn't really have too, too much of that before. So, uh, but
1: it looks like uh, other uh, places... Other Java stuff is moving forward as well. Java Enterprise Edition version eight has been released, along with Glass GlassFish five, uh, which I guess is the uh, reference implementation of uh, the Java EE eight. So you know, if you recall, I actually run uh, my blog on GlassFish. Mm-hmm. So like, I remember pulling that down and putting that into my uh, development virtual machine. And it didn't quite work, so I'm not sure if, like, I need to, you know, properly configure it like from a fresh start because I ported over my existing configuration. So I'm not sure if, you know, that's a, uh, you know, like a
0: problem or not. Mm-hmm. So by reference implementation, it's just that they have tried to show showcases showcase the proper methods of using the new API. Pretty and much, they, And they maintain it for it. interesting.
1: So, uh. Let's continue to talk about uh Equifax. So uh they need to get their stuff together. Uh like for instance, get and use domains that don't look sketchy as all get out. Or maybe don't get any domain at all and just use their obvious main equifax.com domain. So uh uh Krebs here has uh you know put it put in a post that essentially tears them to shreds for sending out an email from trustedid.com claiming to be Equifax. Which, which
0: doesn't sound like Equifax to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it comes from trustedid.com, but uh, the link they direct you to is trustedidpremiere.com. That uh,
0: makes it sound so much more legit.
1: Yeah, that, that makes it sound so much more trustworthy, too. So, you know, using their obvious website would seem like a reasonable idea, Right. Sounds like they, uh, have some b arrow crappic issues. Let me guess, someone locked the servers in, s- in some ivory tower and hired the legions of hell to manage them, I mean, defend and deny access to. I wonder what would have happened if whoever stole their data also defaced the website. At this rate, they would probably move to another domain. So, yeah... So Krebs kind of goes on and investigates where this came from, and apparently it was a company that sold services to lock your credit, and Equifax bought them out. Uh, I don't know, like maybe three years ago, I think it says. Uh, so I guess they're like, "Hey, we have this domain lying around that we're not using <laughs> Let's just anymore." Use it.
0: <laughs> so I don't know about the whole trusting the the credit companies to lock your credit score after like they. And give all your information away. It's like, okay, so I'm going to sign up for your credit monitoring service and give you my information again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, let's try to make the st- smallest Android app that just, you know, puts Hello World onto the screen. And this apparently is 1.5 megabytes in size. That is
0: pretty good size for Hello World.
1: Um, Pretty good? You mean pretty bad? Pretty pretty good as in like, big. Like how bloated can you get? uh-huh so um let's this this guy here shaves it all the way down to 2k uh <laughs> the majority of it uh, apparently the build has some kind of minimizer which cuts the size in half and then uh like there's apparently some compatibility stuff and like some styling uh that uh, he took out and got it down to about 108k which, you know, is already a substantial amount, you know, down from there. Uh, But, you know, uh, designers would, you know, cry everywhere because it uses the default operating system theme. (laughs) And it's not a pretty blue uh, title bar or what have you up there. Uh, And then, like, he cuts out the icons down to, like, a one-by-one pixel black dot, uh, which gets it down to about 7K. And that's where I would say, okay, that's, that's fine. Like, I could live with an app that's, you know, this, uh, I guess, small, mm-hmm. large-ish.
0: That's not too, too bad.
1: Uh, but then, you know, continues to go through and squeeze it uh, by, you know, manually, you know, declaring text views and using system icons and, like, a whole other stuff, like saving bytes from, like, the uh, manifest files and metadata. Uh, yeah, like... The last quarter of this post is him just taking off bytes like <laughs> a few dozen at Say, a time. Oh there's a
0: space in that file, let's take it out.
1: <laughs> or or we can uh exploit the redundancy and compression algorithm, so let's, you know, put in, you know, repeated letters everywhere.
0: So how does how does putting in more repeated letters make it choose to compress it more, I wonder?
1: Uh, let's see, not understanding the manifest. Let's enter dummy characters throughout the manifest file Then attempt to install the APK without changing the file size. This will determine whether a chuck sum is in place, or if our changes invalidated the offsets within the file header. Surprisingly, the following manifest is interpreted as a valid APK on a Nexus 5X on, on Oreo. I think I can hear the Android framework engineer responsible for maintaining the binary XML parser screaming very loudly into a pillow. And to maximize our gains, we're going to replace these dummy characters with null bytes. This will make it easier to see the important parts of the file in
0: Hexfiend and also gain bytes from our earlier um, compression hack. So in other words, there's certain parts of the file that it doesn't actually read when it deserializes. So he's saying you can just replace those bytes with nothing.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, he he pretty much you know scrapes the bottom of the barrel with this. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm pretty sure that would not work uh for like any other kind of program. <laughs> so a refresh button is kind of useful, despite what Steve Jobs said about fewer controls being better. So uh, Tim Bray, which I think is like one of the guys behind XML. Hey, we were just talking about XML. Yes. Uh, has come across a car sharing app. I'm guessing it might be one of the popular ones. Uh this car sharing app that doesn't have a refresh button, but has problems having up to date data. And he, you know, essentially goes on a rant saying, you know, hey, I really need this app to have, you know, the latest stuff, but I don't want to exit it and have to wait uh-huh. for everything to get back in. You know, just having something I could press to make everything okay again would be great.
0: Yeah, it's kind of an essential feature on like web browsers and stuff. And even someone who's making the point of how people uh, you know, want to think that, oh, their app's going to update itself and things like that. But in reality, websites mess up and things like that, so you would yeah. refresh.
1: Dear project managers, uh, product managers, rather, show some humil- humility. When a customer really thinks your app is wrong and they know how to fix it, don't get in their way. So the guy who co-founded the Motion Picture Experts Group, also known as MPEG, expresses some frustrations over what it has become. So uh, he goes over how, you know, like the business has, you know, gotten into everything and like lawyers and patents and stuff and kind of looks back and wonders what went wrong. Because he says, you know, he wanted uh, like 30 years ago, he had this vision of, you know, people communicating on computers and everything, uh, making real the vision of humans finally free to communicate without barriers and, and sharing more and more rewarding digital media experiences. Uh, so, first remarks is that my endeavors are driven by the hand of God, and that tens, hundreds, and thousands of people have made MPEG what it is recognized for, originator of standards that have changed the lives for billions for the better. And then, like he goes on, you know, essentially, this, is, this whole post is centered around him receiving a Lifetime Achievement Award uh, for his work on MPEG. Uh, The second remark concerns the word lifetime in the name of the award. Uh, This sort of implies that my professional lifetime has been observed in its entirety. I hereby communicate that I do not intend to retire anytime soon. Um, So, MPEG demonstrably achieves the first, technical excellence, but but those in charge of the second, commercial exploitability, perform less and less. Indeed, MPEG approved the HVEX standard in 2013, but prospective users must negotiate with three different patent pools and a host of individual holders to get a license. (laughs) These are standards that will never see the light of, or if they do, will not be used because the standards organizations have been unable to update their processes from the time they dealt with standards for nuts and bolts. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) This is why things like, uh, you know, like patent-free codecs Uh, will probably win out in the end. You know, people have just gotten a little too greedy Mm. and, like, patents and stuff have proliferated. Let's do some appreciate and deprecate. And uh, because I have 64 gigabytes of RAM, a RAM drive might be useful. Be very useful yes for instance to hold the uh, like the hard drive image uh, of a virtual
0: machine so is the VM very snappy uh, being hosted on the RAM?
1: yes and then I realized you know managing a vir- a uh, uh, yeah, virtual uh, RAM drive might be a little uh, uh, iffy and a little bit uh, you know because if you don't save it before you uh, <laughs> shut down your <laughs> machine bye bye. Uh, but I think this might actually uh, like automatically save and restore everything. Uh, because I noticed like uh, when I was booting once that uh, it took a little while. So, oh, so it was pulling it from the hard drive. Yeah. So I would like to appreciate IMDisk, uh, which you know, is, is
0: essentially a RAM drive for Windows. I thought before it worked, it would be neat to mount a RAM drive. And because our application's so big uh the one application is anyway and put the source code and the build files in that drive that way then as you build it is building from ram to ram yeah this has
1: the opportunity to you know get you know give you quite a bit of speed so uh and I would like to deprecate Microsoft Outlook um because just this afternoon at work I must have like dragged some kind of file over uh the Outlook window and then it just like locked up <laughs> and, like, after about two minutes or so, it, like, completely, uh, like, stopped responding and everything, mm-hmm. and so, like, I had to, you know, force-close it, and then it's like, okay, well, let's open it again because, like, I need to see email. So uh, I did that, and then, like, it must have been, like, the main database file was corrupt or something. Ah, uh, wonderful. Or, like,
0: there was problems with that. So, yeah, Outlook crapped the bed. See, the other day, I was using Outlook, and it just randomly is, like, can I access the calendar or something? Like, it wasn't, it didn't say calendar, but it was some file on it that kind of sounded like it. Because someone else is using it. I'm like, of course someone else is using it. You're using it. So I shut, <laughs> I tried playing with it a few times. It wasn't working. So finally I shut the program and turned on again and it worked. And I've yeah. had, uh, was the other one, sometimes it'll just come up, like the whole thing's blank. It's like rebooting the whole computer fixes it. But it's just like there. There's something weird it does with formatting too. It's like, I forget it's copy and paste or something. It's like some key combination isn't what you think it should be think what it is uh i don't know but yeah that's kind of a weird program
1: and then another thing is that you know whenever i come in in the morning i have like 30 uh alert emails from like all the uh production environments and stuff so like i go delete delete Mm -hmm. delete 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 and then suddenly it like flips up to the top where like emails i added a new one well not even that like i'm not sure if it refreshed or something oh okay but Like, the emails that, you know, were just sent to me that I actually want to read, it selects those, so (laughs) I have to be careful, because if I hit delete on those, I have to go through my deleted item stuff. (laughs) So, like, it doesn't even keep track of what's supposed to be selected.
0: Yeah, it looks a bit special.
1: Yeah, like short bus special.
0: So, uh, I have something to appreciate. The other day, I saw a sale on Amazon for these vertical mice.
1: Can you uh, speak into the Microsoft?
0: I I can speak into the Microsoft. Is this better? Uh, Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Anyways, so this vertical mouse that was on sale on Amazon, I got it, and it kind of looks like this sideways thing. Uh Uh-huh. And uh, it actually feels pretty nice. Like, I like it because when you hold a normal mouse, your hand kind of twists funny, and you tend to want to put, like, an angle in your wrist. But then with this vertical mouse, your hand is, like, an up, like, almost your shaking hands, Uh the same angle, and you just kind of grip the mouse like that. And it's pretty neat. I like it. It's, uh... But someone at work was telling me that gamers are starting to kind of push them for gamers uh, because it's quite a bit better for your hand is what some people say. I don't know. This is, I haven't seen too, too many of them before within this one brand, but it does seem like it's a really nice mouse as far as just how it feels in your hand. So, yeah, no, it's a positive experience in that so far.
1: So um, if you would like to submit some feedback uh, for this show, go ahead and do so on the thenexus.tv, especially on our, uh, uh, on our show notes page and uh thank you buckface uh uh I got your message about the uh the international uh talk like a pirate day like apparently it's like his mom's birthday or something
0: oh nice so so his mom can talk like a parrot on her birthday or i guess a pirate than not a parrot. <laughs> it's like, Wait a second, second wrong one well, I mean parrots go along with pirates they could talk like a pirate too, I suppose since <laughs> they're on a pirate's you know shoulder or something and so so another thing that I uh uh
1: noticed is that uh, recently my uh motherboard got another
0: BIOS update. Oh, so uh there was something with the RAM you were trying to set the yeah. speed up higher or something. Yeah.
1: So um turns out I couldn't do that. Uh, uh but you know, I was able to, you know, to get it at the you know, speed I have at before, uh twenty eight hundred megahertz. As opposed to the 3200 on the uh, box of the RAM. So, you know, I got the uh, other RAM. Uh, the good news is that it does not run any slower.
0: Does not run any slower. That's good. Despite having more RAM. Despite having more RAM. I, I, I noticed it's using up about 5 gigs, so that will be good for your drive because you can, you can really leverage it. That's a good way to, to use that much RAM. Yeah. You can install it, I guess. You can install whole whole OS's in that. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of possibilities there. Definitely.
1: Um, you know, just, you know, put in, like, a Linux uh, without, a, without an X server or anything. Hmm. And then, like, get it really tiny and small. Um, but, yeah. So, you know, generally when you add more RAM, you know, your RAM kind of slows down because, you know, there's more chips to process and yeah. stuff, you know, to send data out to. But thankfully that did not happen. So, at least I'm happy with that. <laughs> yes, that's good. So, um, yeah. So, let's see. Uh, in two or so weeks, I will be uh, going over to Ohio and uh, going to a pumpkin
0: show. Oh, yes. I remember you You went to that last year. Yeah. yeah. That's the one where they had the g- giant pumpkins. Am I remembering that right? Yeah. 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 Do so... they launch pumpkins there, too, where they shoot them and stuff? I don't know. Maybe yeah. I've never, I've, re- I've heard tell of that. That would be kind of neat to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, mythical, you know, pumpkin catapult thing. Yes. I I don't believe it. it it's to- it's fake
0: news. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's fake. Um, so, but we're still going to make pumpkins great again. Believe me. So, um, I guess,
0: uh, yeah, you also bought a house. I, I did buy a house. That's falling over, but that's okay. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see. Maybe?
1: (laughs) Maybe. So, like, I heard you say that uh, the bank only appraised the land because appraising the house, too, would drag the value down. They
0: they appraised everything, and the appraiser said, the land, the value is in the land. They said the house detracts from the value of the land. So... So they the bank it was a farm bank so that was the only reason why I got the loan probably. So like is this place condemned or something? It wasn't condemned. <laughs> but don't don't have them come look. <laughs> I'm I'm fixing
1: it up so. All right. So um yeah, with that I guess I won't be coming over to crash at your place. G- give it a little bit then eventually. Yeah. I might have to go over and, uh, crash at, uh,
0: uh, Cleveland, Chris's place. Ah, that Chris. Okay. Yeah. Uh, slash Michigan, Chris, Michigan, Chris, someplace, Chris. Chris.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, have a good one. You too.